COVID has helped us enormously in transformation? And my reply was no. You cannot delegate understanding, learning and transformation to somebody else, a project lead or a unit lead, if you are not willing to go there. And the linking pin is acknowledging that somebody else knows something that you don't know. And this doesn't reduce your value. These are the people you need because they say, okay, fuck my job description. I'm in. I want to find out. I, I want to be there as well. I want to find this out. Welcome to the Digital Transformer Podcast, your number one podcast on digital innovation, transformation, and venture building. We help entrepreneurs and corporate innovation leaders like you gain the knowledge and skills you need to build the leading digital businesses of your industry. Today, I talk to Bernd Preuschow, former IBM partner, CDO and CEO of companies such as Schwanstabilo and Uvex, and winner of the CIO of the Decade Award 2021 and 2022. During his 20-year career in the digital field, Bernd built up the interactive experience practice at IBM, led major digital transformation and corporate venture building projects at Schwanstabilo and Uvex, and was awarded multiple times Digital Leader, Transformer, and CIO of the Year. Bernd is also a sought-out keynote speaker and the author of the German book Als gäbe es keine Schwerkraft, Business Leadership durch die Augen eines Tänzers. In today's episode, we talk about what the recent firing of prominent innovation leaders such as Tina Müller, the ex-CEO of Douglas, reveals about the state of digital transformation, which three core principles any leader who wants to successfully transform and innovate has to master, and what it takes to successfully cooperate with a young generation in digital innovation. So with no further ado, let me welcome Bernd. Awesome to have you, Bernd. Um, what is mind-boggling to me is that digital transformation has been a topic for 10 years and really nothing has happened, right? And we're still talking about it. We're still making progress. Are we just incapable in Europe to succeed in digital transformations? Well, I think it's uh, not only in Europe, by the way, thanks for having me. I think I think what we see now, especially in Europe and, and, and even more in Germany, is uh, that uh, in the very beginning, I think digital has been a fun place uh, for playing around. And we were still in a time when the economy was growing and there were budgets for everything available. And uh, so uh, it turned out to be kind of a fun space. Um, and now we see that VUCA world is there. Ten years ago, we needed to tell people that VUCA world would be coming. Now, now it's here with the pandemic situation and macroeconomic changes and the war in the midst of Europe. And I think... We see now the reactions that people seem to kind of step back from the digital initiatives. And what I hear quite a lot in the marketplace is, uh, let me phrase it that way, we will do it again once we have calmed down. And, and that, that tells me that people still haven't understood that transformation uh, is here to stay. And transformation is not something uh, which we can focus on once we have time for it. And it also tells me that we as digitals have not succeeded 
in uh, explaining enough that digital is normal. Digital is not the exception. And if, it, if digital has become normal, it has to become a part of our normal daily work. And I've had a discussion lately uh, where uh, somebody uh, said that COVID has helped us enormously in transformation. And my reply was no. It has helped us to learn that we can collaborate digitally by using video calls. But looking at real transformation in terms of new business models or new services that have uh, arisen, um, no. I, we are still. I, I look at companies, and we are still. We are doing the same things, but differently. And uh, we were looking for different things. And uh, this is still a way to go. I think it's very much human um, that uh, once you see uh, the world has become stormy, you jump back to what you think you can manage and all right. the recipes that you've learned over time. You retreat to your safe space, so to speak. Exactly. Uh, uh, you, you rely on your capabilities, which is not bad. I, th I really think it's human. But uh, here we go again. I think having the capability to transform uh, is uh, what we need to look at. And uh, there's also a point that if you think back, uh, probably also to your university time, we have learned that change is an exception. Uh, this is why we talk about change management, because we need it when change happens. But we still need to understand that change is not the exception. Change is normal. And by the way, it has always been normal. Uh, we have uh, kind of uh, forgotten this. So uh, coming back to your question, I think what we see now is not a failure. What we see now is that human beings tend to transform themselves only under pressure. And we hoped that uh, we would transform ourselves also uh, if things are going well, because this is the time when we have the resources and the budget to do so. But still, I think that's the learning that we need to take out of the last 10 years. We need to make transformation a new capability and as normal as possible. I think you touched upon a couple of interesting points. I think the first one is that ultimately, if you don't really live constant change, you're stagnating. And when you're stagnating, you're like really risking to, let's say, lose business. And right now, as the pressure situation comes on, companies realize, hey, we kind of messed up the past couple, 10 years because we had the chance to right now build the capabilities that are needed to right now succeed. However, right now we're like, let's say, rather retreating because we didn't build them up. And I think the other point is having, let's say, this understanding of saying change makers or so to speak, they're in the good times also probably is an explanation why prominent leaders in the digital transformation space such as Tina Müller, the CEO of Douglas, or yourself have been let go right now, which arguably is right now exactly the wrong moment. So why is that? Well, there's uh, uh, a lot of questions and a, a lot of aspects to it. I think first coming to uh, the, uh, the leaders, and I've been, I've been talking a lot to other leaders who are in a similar situation, um, and uh, what we see is that change makers uh, very often are seen as troublemakers. 
And again, this is a question of mindset. If, uh, if change is something that makes you feel fear or makes you feel insecure uh, or raises more questions than answers, then of course, somebody who drives change is a permanent uh, state enemy number one <laughs> for you. On the other hand, we are as a, as a community, and I call it community for the moment, when we meet, for us, it's a kind of joy. And uh, I use the analogy of sports, as you know, for an athlete, uh, being in constant change, becoming better is key to success. Once you have stopped practicing and once you've stopped becoming better and changing your movement, changing your strategy, changing the way you, you practice, you have finally stopped becoming better. So this is nothing offensive. And most companies feel it's offensive if you say that you've stopped becoming better. And, and for us, it's not offensive. It's normal. And uh, I think there is still an issue where we need to yeah, bring over our message in a better way. And also, uh, uh, we need to get away as a digital community from the rhetorics of the old stuff is bad. We need to get, need to get rid of it because that's, of course, offensive as well. I think we need to, to explain to people that what they've done has basically brought us where we are. And these are usually very successful companies. And if we raise the question, how can we develop into the future? We don't at the same time say what you did so far is bad or not good enough. It's basically the base where we start jumping. And uh, I think that's a question that leads us to the rhetorics we use, that leads us to how we treat people in transformation. And also, um, we need to be, at one point, very clear. I don't think we have the time at, at some companies to wait for the moment when certain people leave the company. Are you enjoying this podcast so far? Then hit the subscribe button now to make sure you do not miss the next episode. Now back to the interview. Yeah, you have to be more proactive. You have to shape the, the organization. And I think what you also said before, let's say, looking back, take the, let's say, little pieces of groundwork you've done and say, hey, this little, let's say, plant you've planted and this little plant you've planted, they're actually very helpful right now. They're the perfect example of how we should behave going forward, whereas other actions that have been taking let's say, are also a good example, but in the sense of what should probably not be done or not be, yeah, not be done going forward. And now let's dive into this. Now, how can we, and this entire topic of saying, how can we actually make digital like a, a topic that we succeed in? And how can we, because you said there's a community, right, of the, of people who are, let's say, the, the transformers, the change agents, how can we become such change agents and how can we succeed in building up this new normal, so to speak, the digital new normal? And I think when we talked, you spoke about three principles um, that I'd like to really dive into here. So first, building personal relationships, understanding what keeps people up and and ultimately make people experience that benefit of a change. So these were things that really stuck with me when we hit, when we talked earlier. 
So I'd love to dive into this a bit more and like learn what you mean by this and how can we apply this on a day-to-day -day basis. Happy to do so. <laughs> um, I think first of all, and please allow me to speak from a perspective of being in digital for 22 years and uh, following the journey that also we as digital community have taken. I think also we as digital community sometimes need to swallow our pride. <laughs> we are, you've been on digital events yourself and you see, we have a tendency to celebrate ourselves. Right. Uh, Which is also important. <laughs> it's important. I'm not arguing uh, about the importance of celebrating, but you know, we have been very anxious to make our point and be very special and be the future and be the modern age and be the people who understand new work. What we have done at that very moment is we have separated ourselves onto an island now, as we go into a, a company with uh, many thousands of employees, for them, we are an alien because we have celebrated being an alien. <laughs> it's on us uh, to, as, as leaders to step back from that and be a normal person for them. Because first and foremost, if they don't act, accept me as a person, if they don't accept burned with all his private life and, and the way he acts uh, on a daily basis, um, we will never get through with our topic. And uh, I think that's something we need to do. Usually when I'm on stage holding a keynote, I, I tell people we need to get away from this guru, evangelist, ninjas, rockers, whatever uh, terms, because that's, that's pleasing our ego. But uh, uh, for all the other people, it looks... Uh, strange, if not ridiculous. And I think the more normal we come over, the more successful we can be with transformation. And having said that, coming to your three points, I think the most successful way for transformation is listen to people what their current problems are. And uh, this is also, again, something we need we, we tend to evangelize. We, we get somewhere and the first thing we do is talk, 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 spread our message. And, and, and my point is uh, try this crazy method called asking and even more try this more crazy method called listening and uh, uh, then understand what the problems are and then apply our digital knowledge as a solution to their daily problems. And that really helps people to understand the value of digital. Digital doesn't have a value for itself because it's cool or fancy or whatever. But if we tell people, look, I understood your problem and I have a solution you probably haven't even think, uh, thought of, but let's try this and I will guide you and I will be there with you and I will make it my problem as well. This is where people realize that we are not an additional problem to their already crazy world, but we have solutions to this crazy world. And, and if we do this project with them, we can teach them how to approach this problem in a different way with our digital methods. This is where they realize, okay, this is what it is, this is all for. 
And if we if we then create a result, and from our perspective, it may be a small result. It may have been a small process, a small effort. So we are not doing rocket science there. But for them, it means a lot because we have helped them in their daily life to make their lives easier. easier. And I think these are the things that we need to do. And of course, do them as often as possible in the company so everybody understands okay, uh, here's somebody who actually helps me and doesn't add complexity to my world. And if they trust us, and this is the key, if they trust us that we help, we have the methods to do it, and we create results, and by the way, we are amazing human beings, this is where we create the trust to do the crazy stuff one day. When we talk about real disrupting the business model, when we talk about creating a real new model, and then these people say, okay, that sounds crazy to me, sounds intimidating to me, but I've learned these guys know what they are talking about. Okay, let's try this. And I think this is what we need as a preparation. So what you're also saying is that ultimately start with small steps and then take, let's say, the big unknown later on. So build your way up to the mountaintop. Because the way the higher you climb, the harder it's gonna get. So you rather want to let's say build this community and build the trust in your abilities and also in you yourself as a person when it's still let's say somewhat of a smooth ride, and then let's say tackle the um, the hard climbs later down the line. And I think what's also really interesting here is what you just explained has so many parallels to what especially innovation professionals are so used to doing in a way because let's say on a day-to-day -day basis when you walk up to a customer and you try to let's say come understand what their pain points are you try to let's say solve them and incrementally help them overcome their problems so that they let's say that they're happy so you're just basically creating a new solution ultimately you take the same let's say concept or method and apply it internally to your internal customers, which then also means that it should, let's say, come fairly natural to people. Once they understood this mechanism, how I, let's say, do innovation outside like the company, then just taking the same communication and let's say iterative learning mechanism and applying it internally, then it should technically be, be fairly simple, which actually makes it more interesting even that since 10 years, we haven't really succeeded. <laughs> yes, but I think, uh, um, let, let, let me ask you the question back. Is there something in your life that you have learned that has went a different way? Uh, I, think, I think that's, uh, uh, that's a very important point. And again, allow me to, to take my analogy from sports. Sometimes I'm on stage and I'd ask people, okay, um, if you are if you if you are one of those who uh, plans to do a marathon before they are 50 years old, uh, you probably all agree that the idea wasn't the problem. <laughs> so um, and and again, if you if you say okay, in three years from now I want to run uh, a Boston marathon, um, you will start by being able to run three days a week. Because this is the first step, because you are not used to it. You are not used to running these distances. And before you talk about these 43 kilometers, you need to adapt your body to be running every day. 
before you are able to extend the distance. And uh, this is where we create a, a, a practicing roadmap as coaches saying, okay, step by step. So in the first half year, probably, and probably even more in the first, first nine months, 43 kilometers is out of discussion. You would probably kill yourself trying to get this distance. You, ne you need to go step by step and increase uh, the time you're running, increase the distance you're running until you reach that point. And once you've reached that point, it's about increasing uh, or improving your time that you need for this 43 kilometers. So it's step by step. And again, coming back to, to reflecting on what we did as a digital community, you for sure remember five, six, seven years ago, anything that was beyond Tesla or Spotify or whatever was uncool. That was not good enough. We love this disruptive talk. And I think that's where we created also a lot of resistance. And we've also learned in on transformation journeys of companies who were explicitly focusing on the disruptive point. Show me the venture in Germany that has succeeded. There are not really many. And, and, and because it was the trying to run the Boston Marathon without practicing. And uh, if you don't, if you see uh, a company as an, an organism like your body, we talk about new capabilities. So you need your time to practice and learn. And there's no point in telling people that time is not an issue. It is. And if, if you say that time is not an issue, you will experience failure and failure the hard way because you say, because you, it's like going out on Monday and saying, okay, I see if I can do uh, 43 kilometers on your first day. And probably you will stop after three kilometers and your body is aching and you say, this is ridiculous. This is not all for me. And this is where you quit. And this is, and this is what we have seen in a company scenario as well. Many companies have quit uh, uh, these kind of initiatives. And to me, from a coach perspective, is because the goal was too high on day one, not giving yourself the time to develop into that direction with a clear North Star and the resilience to uh, go through weeks and months of training. This is super interesting. And how would you, let's say, advise people to, or what would you be your suggestion when it comes to, let's say, kickstarting this process? How, what's the really first step? Like, let's say you come in a new position and you want to convince the organization that someday you want to reach that goal, right? Which I think is also important to communicate the big vision. But then to, let's say, get this process rolling, how do you start to like, build these relationships? How do you, let's say, make people experience this very first bit of change that ultimately is a positive experience, is a positive association, rather than a complete strain that alienates people from the direction you want to go into. So let's assume uh, I'm your coach mm -hmm. <laughs> and you are this company. First of all, we need to find a very good why. I, if, you, if you are telling me I want to become a world champion, my first question would be why? So, so is this really a goal that attracts you in a way that it doesn't, it kills your sleep at night. 
you really want to do this. And uh, again, look, look back on what we've seen in digital. Many narratives have started with, we need to do it because there's a threat. And this is not the goal. Threats are no goal. We need to have an understanding. I'm here and this is where I want to go. This is where I want to go because it fascinates me. We need to talk about opportunity, not threat. Are you enjoying this episode so far? Do you know someone who might enjoy listening to this episode as well? Simply click on share to send it. Now back to the episode. Now, who's the person you reach out to that, let's say, is the person who's ultimately supposed to tell you, I'm fascinated about this? Is this the senior management? Is those, let's say, the the, the entry-level employees? Who, who is it? Or is it everyone? But then how do you get everyone to have, let's say, the same reason why? I, I think uh, basically it, it, it will end in asking everyone um, because you need commitment. It's not just about a management saying, this is our story. It's also about the people in the company saying, oh, I want to be part of that story. So we need, we need everyone on board. Of course, by nature, it will start with a management discussion. But by the way, I think very often uh, the story already exists. Uh, and we have many great stories in German companies and it's writing the next chapter which can be very exciting. And there's no, sometimes there's no need to reinvent the wheel. I'm, I'm, when I worked with Uvex, for example, the big vision overall for 90 years was protecting people. So I think this is a very positive why every, and many people relate to. So what is the next chapter of protecting people in a digital world? And uh, I think this is where people understand where I'm coming from and say, well, that's interesting. I want to see where this ends. And uh, I think this is just an example. And, and of course, you need to make sure with the management, are you willing to go there? Are you willing to travel there? Because you cannot delegate understanding, learning, and transformation, transformation to somebody else, a project lead or a unit lead, if you are not willing to go there. So it starts with yourself. This is, this is where commitment starts. And you, you asked about what would I recommend? Let's have a clear why that excites you. Then I think there, step number two, and there's no way around this, is humbleness. Where are we today? What are the things we are not yet capable of today? And this is quite normal for an athlete. What is, if, if, I, if you tell me I want to run the Boston Marathon, question will be, how much can you run today? So, and you will say, okay, I'm doing half an hour uh, every two days. Okay, and this needs to be a humble assessment because from, this is our base where we start from. And uh, I think there is a lot of companies actually struggling because we have learned to be best practice, being a champion, being world leader, whatever. And what I'm missing is when it comes to new capabilities and there's nothing bad, there's nothing that uh, tells you uh, you've done a, a bad job. It's a, it's a new capability. So yes, right now you are not yet capable of it, but you need to be very clear on that. And uh, this doesn't reduce your achievement or your personal brand or whatever. 
we are talking about something new. Point number two. And the last point, if we are clear where we want to go and we are clear about where we are, it's a, it's, the question is, do you have the resilience that it takes to practice and to go that way? And are you willing, when you're finished with your practice and your whole body hurts and every muscle in your body is aching, are you willing next morning, six o'clock, to stand up and practice again? Because this is what's going to happen. Yeah, your body, meaning your organization, it will hurt. There will be changes. There will be new things. There will be insecurity. There will be, oh, this is, this is crazy. This drives me nuts. And the point is going up again, again, every day, every day. And this is what happens when athletes are working on a goal. And I've, I've learned when I was hiring people, and especially, you know, hiring people from different ages, being very honest and transparent on that. This is where we want to go. This is where we are. So we, we, you will find a lot of stuff missing. But we have the chance to create something awesome, which hasn't been there before. I'm your boss, but even I can tell you if we are, if we are going to reach it. But if we reach it, it will be amazing. And the people who get a sparkle in their eyes while I'm telling them this, these are the people you need. Because they say, okay, I'm in. I want to find out. I want to be there as well. I want to find this out as well. And fuck my job description. Sorry for the word. <laughs> um, this is, I want to be in a team of people working themselves off to, to achieve that goal and having this high five moment of achieving it finally. And uh, I think these are the three things that I've learned. If, if you are transparent with people on that one, they can accept it. They, they, they don't leave the room and say, well, this is not perfect. This is not for me. And if they do, they are anyway not the ones that you want to have in your team. And, and I think, I mean, the one prerequisite, so to speak, I think that is underlying this is in order to, first of all, get to understand the why of people, but then also, let's say, to be in that position where you can have this personal exchange is really, let's say, coming back to the, pack, uh, to the point you mentioned originally, which is vulnerability. Because only once you make yourself in the first step vulnerable, you understood for yourself, hey, there needs to be change. I'm open for it. And I'm also, let's say, communicating that I'm not perfect in this regard, but I'm, I'm, let's say, opening up to other people. Then you also, let's say, take the first step that they can also, let's say, open up and really tell you about what's on my mind, what keeps me up at night. Also, what kind of, let's say, maybe doubts do I have when you tell me how can the next chapter look like? Uh, I may tell you, well, I may think it actually looks differently. I think this is really in the core that is needed in order to kickstart that conversation in the first place. And I think another interesting aspect you mentioned before is, is capability building. And I think and you briefly alluded to it because right now, let's say there is this new generation coming up and like people are like, oh my gosh, these guys don't want to work. These guys like they want to, or they want to work for everywhere in the world. They think they know it all. They want to be involved in all the management decisions straight away. But I think what's often overlooked and what you also alluded to is no one sets 
that your expertise is no longer relevant or enough. It's just that right now there's a different group of people coming up with a different sort of expertise, which can actually be leveraged rather than, let's say, put down and say, no, you first have to learn how to do things the old way. Rather, let's say, combine both aspects and then, let's say, use this fruitful combination to, to accelerate the change. Absolutely. And uh, um, let, me, let me jump back to, to, to one point. The leadership profile that you've described obviously is a 180 degree turn to how many leaders have achieved their positions. Uh, in many companies, a CEO or a managing shareholder or whatever, he, has made, he or she has made it. Um, he, he or she is more or less untouchable. Uh, he uh, knows everything and anything and everybody. And turning this around and saying, well, there's points I don't know nothing about. And I don't have the capability myself. And this is not, this doesn't reduce uh, the way people look at me or makes me a, a person of less value. It's, it's just making clear where I am. And the next sentence is, and I want to go there and I will do whatever it takes to go there. And I think this is what an entrepreneur has to do and what a management team has to do. And uh, now going on to your point, if I say, okay, there's stuff I don't know and look at me, I'm turning 50 next year. There, and I have daughters at the age of uh, 14 and 17. They do stuff sometimes that even I as a CDO don't, don't know. And which is okay, because this is, uh, I don't have a problem with not knowing things. And, uh, and the, 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 the connection point is asking them, please explain to me. The very important point, it needs to be the other way around as well. So, they, so there will be points where I have an experience to, due to age alone, an experience which they with 14 and 17 simply can't have. And again, this is also not reducing them as persons. They simply don't know this part, but I know this part and they know other parts. And now let's imagine what we can achieve if we bring these parts together. And the linking pin is respect. And the linking pin is acknowledging that somebody else knows something that you don't know. And this doesn't reduce your value. Absolutely. Because I think like speaking from my own perspective and like, I, as let's say Gen Z, highly appreciate if people stand up there and say, hey, this is like where we want to be. Like, this is something because like I myself, I want to like contribute. I want to have an impact. I want to like go, go, go. Right. But then also, let's say being given the possibility to be heard and saying, hey, this is my perspective. This is, let's say, my two cents to the to the overall like sum creates massive engagement and massive commitment as well because i feel like hey i'm being hurt and this then drives me to what you said earlier on to go the extra mile so to to because then i have the sparkle in the eyes because i know hey i can learn something from you you've tons of experience i myself i have let's say a per particular perception maybe also my one or two capabilities i can bring to the table if we can work together on a night level this is something where, and we work towards a common goal. This is somewhere like, okay, let's go, let's do it. And um, so I think this is, those are really crucial points that you just mentioned when it comes also to, let's say, embracing Gen Z, the new generation and 
leveraging them in order to make the change. Yes, and I think um, to, to sum this up in a way, there is no point, and I, that would be really my wish that we stop blaming other segments of the society we are in. And uh, just look at LinkedIn. You can find both, like you mentioned earlier. You can, you can find Gen Z uh, people blaming the boomers, uh, and, and you can find boomers playing, blaming Gen Z. And, and I believe, and I'm deeply convinced, this is not how humanity works. No, absolutely. Totally agree. We, we as humans are, by definition, community beings. We need a community. We need a society we are part of. Then the 70s, 80s, 90s have tried to convince us that individualism is king. Uh, at the end of the day, no. <laughs> if we don't have our tribe that we have the feeling of belonging to, we are somehow lost in space. And, and, and if we look at the problems that we face as a world now, I think it's ridiculous to believe that one single individual or a group of individuals will solve these problems. We will get out of this struggle only together, and this and and it would be a shame if we don't need any kind of knowledge that we have available in our society independent of age independent of culture independent of religion whatever we need to have every peace of mind in place to solve these problems which are bigger than we are and uh, i think this is the strongest argument for me to bring together uh, Gen Z and all the other age groups because we need everybody at the table for a common and shared goal uh, that will bring us into the future. I think this is a perfect summary. It's been a very eye-opening conversation with lots of interesting aspects uh, you brought to the table, both when it comes to being change agents in a transformation process that has been going on for 10 years, as well as when it comes to right now taking the necessary steps to move ahead and to build on the foundation we've built and one last point uh people who want to read your book um where can they find it they can find my book it's called uh defying gravity business leadership through the eyes of a dancer uh, even though, unfortunately, it's yet already uh, just available in German language, <laughs> but uh, you can find it on uh, the usual book platforms or at your local book dealer and also as a, an audio book uh, on all audio platforms of your choice. Awesome, guys. So go grab a copy. Bernd, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. And I wish you all the best going forward and really hope to welcome you soon again on the podcast. Thanks very much for having me. It was a pleasure for myself as well. See you soon.